0: We will proceed no further in this business,
1: was the hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself, privy peace has it slept since and wakes it now to look so green and pale at what it did so freely?
0: I dare do all that may become a man who dares do more as none.
1: What beast was then that made you break this enterprise to me when you does do it, then you were a man
0: If we should fail,
1: we fail, but screw your courage to the sticking-place. And will not fail.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Film, a podcast that is not about Scottish films. I'm Paul Salt.
1: And I'm Katie Maiden.
0: And this week it's 1971's The Tragedy of Macbeth. We will proceed no further in this business.
1: Was the hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself? I've had slept since. And wakes it now to look so green and pale at what it did so freely. Pretty
0: peace I dare to all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none.
1: What beast was then that made you break this enterprise to me? When you durst do it, then you were a man.
0: If we should fail.
1: We failed. But screw your courage to the sticking place and we'll not fail.
0: The film was directed by Roman Polanski. Now, I didn't anticipate the decision to review a Polanski film would end up being so difficult for both of us. But after doing some reading into the conversation that's currently going on about Polanski, his legacy, and the entertainment industry's reaction to his past crimes and misdemeanours, or lack of reaction, uh, it became a difficult issue. But you're not here for difficult issues. That's what you've got a mother-in-law for, am I right, fellas? ladies, everyone. So we're not going to get into morality, or art versus artist, or any of that fun stuff. Paul and Katie are going to review The Tragedy of Macbeth, 1971, and we're not going to talk about the very bad man who directed it. So we're hoping this will be a safe place where this film will just be a film that we can evaluate.
1: Good stuff.
0: Let's move away from controversial figures. The movie was produced by Hugh Hefner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was produced by Hugh Playboy. And Playboy. Yeah, yeah,
0: Playboy Productions. Yeah, it was a commercial failure and was critically controversial due in part to its violence and nudity. It was, however, named the Best Film of the Year by the National Board of Review, a body who recently awarded Best Film of the Year, to The Irishman, The Green Book and The Post, so they know something about finding the whitest movie of the year.
1: Yeah, and like kind of almost the blanket, like, oh, everyone's going to be okay with this. Yeah. (laughs) Which is weird because this isn't at all like any of those movies.
0: I know, it seems like they had more edge back in the day.
1: Um, But did you know that this was the first movie that Playboy produced? (laughs) And then they went on to produce a number of other movies, including In the Same Year and Now for Something Completely Different.
0: I read about this because the producer is in common. So when I watched some of the making of's, I did hear that they also did that, which is very odd that Playboy Productions made yeah. the first um the first Monty Python film.
1: Really weird. But yeah, and some other movies, but not, nothing nothing apart from and now for something completely different, yeah. Nothing particularly stands out.
0: No, it's it was a short lived venture, it seems like, um, uh, before Hugh Hefner just returned to his creepy sex mansion. <laughs> His hour upon the stage, how was this film?
1: Oh, I have so many thoughts about this film. Mm. So I wrote down so many things. <laughs> I would want to give a massive shout out to how the film looked.
0: Oh, man. To start
1: so the cinematography, the set, the yeah. costumes, the light, the scenery. There's the lighting in this film. Mm. It's amazing. There's this great scene where Macbeth and Lady Macbeth are in bed. Oh yeah, and the light is shining in from their window, and it's like a red light. Oh, man. Yeah, and this is after like both of the main murders have happened, right? And they're both going a bit crazy, so this mm. this is kind of like they're both just covered in this red, yeah, light. And the lighting is just fantastic for the whole thing. Yep. The scenery is amazing. It starts on like a beach. A lot yeah, of it happens yeah, on a beach. So mm. as opposed to like a forest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very stark. It's very grey and. Yeah, grim. Mm.
1: And I had this real feeling for the whole thing of how dirty it was. Mm. Not dirty as in, like, sexy dirty. Dirty as in literally muddy. Yeah. It had that
0: medieval, hard-to-be-a-god kind of aesthetic to it, where everything just looked as it would in medieval times. And it does seem like they strove for some form of realism. Especially, you have people, like, bedding down in hay, which apparently is something that used to happen. And it has that kind of grisly, we don't know much about hygiene yet, feel to everything
1: yeah i mean like there's the scene right at the beginning where macbeth is sleeping in like a yurt
0: yeah yeah
1: on the beach mm. and yeah like you say the bedding down even even banquo mm. um macbeth's like bff is bedding down in the hay yeah yeah like after the big you know feast and yeah
0: it's...
1: so yeah it's very like i feel very dirty for the whole yeah. thing
0: yeah I, I must say it was really it was a really stunningly beautiful looking film it's um Our first sort of cinematic film that's in colour, although we did have the, um, Maurice Evans and, uh, Judith Anderson colour adaptation a few episodes, or last episode, I think, but this one really makes full use of a very bleak kind of subdued colour palette with some very vital, you know, moments of, like, blood or lighting that would stand out from the rest Um, of the film.
1: So some of the other characters Mm. that aren't Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, Uh. um... Are notable in the fact that this is probably the Duncan that is closest to how I imagine Duncan. Ah, okay. He's very like old man. Yeah. Who is very authoritative, Mm. but also well liked. Yeah. Um, he wasn't like particularly like stunning. He was just a very like almost how you want a king to be: authoritative, well liked, Mm. and disciplined. Yeah. And. He looked like, um, kind of like Santa, like a kind <laughs> of skinny Santa, like a beard, like long yeah. hair, kind of old man.
0: Yeah, a sweet old guy.
1: They did the same thing that we had last time, which was that his sons were contemporaries of Macbeth.
0: Yes, and they were quite cute. I liked the sons. The <laughs> sons were fairly hot. They had like a 60s in a band feel to them.
1: Yes, they so did, like two of the (laughs) the handsome brothers.
0: Yeah, and there was a general feeling in this that it was about youth. You know, Lady Macbeth, this is the youngest Macbeth and Lady Macbeth we've seen. They're sort of young, young. attractive people, and the motive is very much set at not necessarily a sense of fear, it's definitely ambition, you know, and there's an interesting sense that this would be a story that would appeal more to younger people in as much as maybe they could relate more to the idea of the ambition and the jealousy. That they feel and that drives them.
1: And how did you feel about the kind of general use of violence throughout the film? It's interesting because for the most, I was expecting something
0: grislier. I guess maybe it's just the modern standards thing, but considering the film's pedigree, I was expecting something more violent and more racy. The raciness, in particular. I mean, we have a coven of naked witches, um, but then we also have a naked Lady Macbeth sleepwalking scene, which I thought was fairly subdued. Actually, it didn't feel gratuitous. She has her hair yeah. covering most of the most of the stuff, and you know she's largely filmed in close up and in profile. So
1: I mm. felt about those two things mm. th- similarly to you mm. that I was expecting more violence. Mm. I did think that some of the violence was unnecessary in that. Mm especially with the Macduff wife scene
0: oh man that was the grislier scene that was the sort of sacking of the castle and we see servants being dragged away and and people getting beaten to death that was pretty grim
1: that was i felt like um as a, again from modern standards mm. i've seen worse sure but we will watch game of
0: france
1: <laughs> <laughs> i felt it was slightly unnecessary because we often don't see that scene that's often one of the scenes that people cut, because this was a particularly That's long bath Yeah. It was just over two hours. Yeah. So I didn't really see the need for it. Well you know what that
0: implies is there is a shift in focus here away from um sort of tragedy and, you know, one off badness to towards the sort of cyclical nature of violence and the idea that the violence of those at the top will permeate the rest of society. Because I mean, this is made in the aftermath of things like Vietnam and the Martin Luther King assassination and all the rest. And it just, it has this idea that Macbeth's violent actions will, although we start off with a battle and a pretty, you know, we don't see much of the battle, but we do see a a prisoner, a fallen prisoner being beaten to death.
1: Yeah, we see some hangings as well, quite near the beginning. Yep,
0: we see a few of those. So it's a bleak little world and it's not necessarily, I guess, made more bleak by Macbeth's actions. And... Yeah, it's another interesting idea is well, we'll come to we'll come to that, but they are not the only violent characters. There are characters as well who are driving the violence of the thing.
1: Yes, of course. And mm. I actually um I did think when after that kind of violent scene had happened with mm. the Madoth's family, um in Fife, mm. um actually it does it did actually kind of reflect Macbeth's state of mind at the time. Yeah. Like, so the violence that happened in that scene Mm. was kind of how he was thinking at that time. So the violence throughout the film does kind of climax.
0: Yeah, yeah. It escalates.
1: Escalates Mm. in the same way that Macbeth's kind of head is escalating to this crazy point. Yeah. So, but we also Mm. do have, like you said, the battle scene, we have some hangings, Mm. and the very first scene is. Yeah. The witches burying a severed arm holding loved a knife. I love that. That was and so I good. And I love that. I yeah. thought it was really like very obviously witchy. a metaphor for what's about to happen. Yeah. But also this kind of idea that the witches mm. are part of this. They're driving this whole. Yeah. It gave them thing. more agency.
0: And I one of my favorite things they've done here is that Donald Bain returns at the very end of the movie. Um, again, most of the time, Donald Bane just disappears forever. Poor oh, <laughs> well, Donald Bane. Poor Donald Bane. But here he comes back and he is, you know, lured into the same cliffs that Macbeth was. And it's implied that maybe he's going to get his own prophecy. Maybe he's going to go kill Malcolm and end up, you know, once again, yeah, living out the whole same cycle of violence. And that's yeah. because a lot of the time the implication is once Macbeth's dead, oh, great, we killed the bad guy. Now we can return to peace. Um, this film feels more interested in saying, actually, no, this is just how the world is. It's not just Macbeth who's a
1: dick. <laughs> yeah, so so the witch is a kind of a metaphor for the world and how the world is going to make you, yeah. this, like violent, ambitious. Though, however, we don't mm. know how Donald Bain would react. That's true. To his Maybe prophecy. he'd resist.
0: The only thing we know is, or at least have prophesied to us, is the idea that. Um, Eventually, there's going to be a long line of kings uh, from Mac- uh, Banquo's line, but so because yeah, that's interesting because Fleance presumably will eventually end up king. I don't know how that happens via via the traditional play because who who ends up with the crown is it Mac- Mac- Malcolm Duff or Mal- Malcolm? It's Malcolm.
1: Yeah, so Macduff mm. kills Macbeth, but right. then Malcolm gets the crown.
0: And Malcolm is a son of um
1: Duncan. Duncan, yeah, he's yeah. the older son. That's interesting. I wonder how. Hence why Donald Bane is often left out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor old Donald Bane. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether. That's... Because the thing is, with the mm. prophecies, yeah. what you're saying is that the prophecies will come true, but in most mm. of the circumstances that we have seen Macbeth so far yeah the prophecies only come true because macbeth makes them come true that's true so maybe banquo's prophecy about his sons being
0: mm. you know
1: kings won't come true because actually or only banquo will. is dead for one thing yeah so nobody knows about his prophecy so nobody's there to make them come true
0: that'd made more sense if it was fleance at the end who gets lured with his own prophecy but
1: but fleance in this is mm. like Ki- a like a kid uh, he
0: is, but he's also yeah. Keith Chegwin, which is unusual. Yes,
1: I know his well, I didn't notice it as in I didn't recognize went him, pop. but I saw him in the <laughs> credits. Um, I also really liked some of the minor characters in this. Uh-huh. I liked there was like this kind of jolly, curly haired, bearded minor character who shows up mm. a couple of times with like a little sidekick, and it's nice <laughs> to see minor characters more than once.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Um, in this kind of like, oh, hey, he was in that other scene. And um, also, The Doctor had a really great line where he's like, I'm out of here.
0: Yeah, I really like The Doctor. He's shown up in a bunch of British comedies. He was in One Foot of the Grave as Victor Meldrew's brother. And, um, oh, he played like uh, Gary Strang's dad in Men Behaving Badly. So he's a traditionally comedic actor, and he did have a bit of a comedic style to him. A few notes on the actual film before we move on to the Shakespeare bit. This is very much realism over expressionism. We've seen before Kurosawa and Wells, they both had very expressionist, kind of abstract, surreal, dreamlike renditions. This is a very authentic medieval setting, Um, and there were great shots, like when Lady Macbeth is reading the letter from uh, Macbeth, and there's just this stark, bright light in the sky over the castle walls behind her. So, there's memorable shots, but for the most part, it's aiming for authenticity, and particularly in its production design, which is really detailed and sumptuous. There's just costumes, just watching little background details in the sets and the costumes is really quite re- rewarding.
1: One of the things I noted about the mm. costumes was that the scene right at the end where mm. Macbeth is trying to survive, basically. Yeah. They look like chess pieces. <laughs> I don't know if this was like. Interesting. Uh, mm. Deliberate. But they had two sets of colours, blue and red, Yeah, who were kind of the pawns. He mm. looked like the king. And then he had a couple of people who had that kind of castle-type sh- yeah. shaped head thingies. And I loved it. Mm. It was like a chess yeah. game.
0: Oh, man. I love the full armour near the end. That's really good stuff. Wales looks amazing. A lot of the shots, it was shot in Wales. And the landscapes and the castles are stunning really good stuff i love
1: Wales; it's so good Mm.
0: and you mentioned last time you joked that maybe kurosawa just waited for a big ass storm in this one there was just big ass storms all the time (laughs) it was like the wettest season ever so that opening sequence is ridiculous
1: i have climbed penny fan which is the it's the tallest (laughs) peak in southern Britain in a storm oh my god and uh, that's in wales and it was just (laughs) like that I can't even tell you. it looked just like
0: that. Did you encounter any witches, and did they prophesize? Just anything? a few. Just a few, and their yeah. prophecies were somewhat lame. You will be ripped off in the gift shop.
1: I was gonna get really wet feet, and they were right.
0: <laughs> oh my god! How no? But somehow <laughs> How did they know. Somehow this is evidence of your hubris. It's like my feet aren't wet. Look, I'm gonna take my shoes off to check. Oh, now they're wet.
1: <gasps> <gasps> oh my god! It came true. <laughs> um. There have been people that have compared this film to Orson Welles' mm. kind of thing there. And I can see that a bit, though. I do think that because of, like, obviously this is the budget and the production yeah. was just so much bigger and in colour.
0: It's a bigger production than Wells yeah. Welles' one, which is, um yeah, a shame. And it's a different style, I think. This one's, um yeah, more literal. Another image that really stayed with me is the fate of the old fane of Cordor because we get him quite a bit. Yes. and it's these really dramatic moments where he's like chained to the ground and then mm-hmm. he's hung in not a traditional way he seems to have chains like all the way around him and he's hung. No, it's
1: yeah what the hell he like he has that mm. hanging where you have to do it like yeah. you have to jump
0: oh man um, mm. and
1: it's just like and then he says like god save the king and then he yeah.
0: jumps. and the guy says nothing he did in life quite became him like his death he's leaving it which is an interesting line
1: yeah God, so... he died really good he died so
0: good, yeah. <laughs> and Duncan's reply is interesting. It's something like, uh, well, of course, I trusted him a lot. And it's like, yeah, but he was a traitor, though. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a bit strange. Some really interesting dream sequences, which we'll talk more about later in relation to the witches. But one of them is Macbeth has a dream about Banquo and Fleance and about them killing him.
1: Yes, I, I um mm. I don't know whether I liked that scene mm. or whether I was confused by it, but I was mm. kind of like confused and liked it at the same time. I was <laughs> like, oh okay, so yeah, the, he's doing something here, but I'm not really sure what it is, but I'm not yeah. like really mad at it. I don't know. <laughs> I quite liked
0: it. I, I, I thought it, it put the fear back as the motivation, the idea that he's afraid of now being treated as roughly as he himself was treated, and it it feeds further into this idea that the world is rotten. And that he's, you know, afraid for his life.
1: Also, the fact that he had like fleance, like mm. taking the crown and, kind yeah. of being an antagonist. It's like this is a child. Mm. Um, so like he shouldn't be afraid of him, but he is because he's so irrational.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, great fights. Care of William Hobbs, the choreographer, who's actually a stage choreographer. And there's something to that because a lot of this plays out in like single shots, and you could see it, you could imagine it on a stage. But there's a real sense of tension to that final battle. Um when Seward is killed, it's really just quite quite something. I can't remember how he does it now, does he put his sword through his neck or something? When Macbeth throws his axe at a guy and it knocks off his helmet, that's a really yes. dramatic moment. That's but, Ross. That's Ross. Yeah. That is Ross, yes, I remember yeah. that. And it's I don't know, the fight just feels real and dangerous and Sometimes a little bit awkward, but like in a way that makes you think, yeah, that's how most fights end up, which is two guys wrestling with each other on the floor. Um, Yeah, it's a really good final fight. It is fairly violent, and especially the Macduff murders. I will say the death of the kid really hit me this time, because you don't really see it happen. He stabs him in the back whilst he's facing the other way, and he comes over and he's like, you killed me, mother, and it's, that got me this time.
1: Yeah, Um. and there was like a slight rape scene as well. Like, very, very, it was... It wasn't like there, but it was there. It was like, gonna
0: happen. Yeah, they were like grabbing at her, and then yeah. Lady Macduff wanders away from it. And it's yeah,
1: just, Lady Macduff is kind of, and they're bur- like they're burning down his house. Oh my! Oh yeah, so, she opens
0: the thing and sees just a big fire. Yeah, you're only left to
1: wonder what's about to happen to her as well. Oh god, which is yeah. almost worse than what might actually happen.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, music comes care of the Third Ear Band, which is a British classical music collective. they mostly go for medieval stuff but some really haunting stuff in the scary scenes as well.
1: Yeah, some really great <laughs> music. Like the whole mm. just uh, atmosphere.
0: Fair is foul, foul is fair, how close are we to Shakespeare?
1: If we're talking about language,
0: mm.
1: we're pretty close.
0: Yes, very. it's
1: not 100%, there are some lines. Mm. Which are either supplanted or taken out. But it's so close that if you yeah. didn't know it well, mm. you wouldn't notice.
0: A very significant one I'll come to when we talk about Lady Macbeth. A substituted word that I found very interesting.
1: Yeah, but mostly yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah. And when they do supplant lines or words, mm. they are in the Shakespearean tongue. Yeah. yes. So it's, I noticed it's... a couple of lines, which I didn't actually write down, mm. which were lines that aren't in the play... But they were Shakespearean in their dialogue, so it wasn't noticeable. Quite seamlessly.
0: Yeah. yeah. As a result of us knowing the play, we're able to spot them, but it's fairly seamless. Um,
1: Yes, but mm. in terms of plot, there are a couple of things that are not in the play.
0: Yes. Most
1: noticeably, Mm -hmm. the ending. Yep,
0: absolutely. Which
1: is Donald Bane going to the meeting the witches, which is not in the play. So like you said earlier, that gives a whole different twist on the ending yeah it's not like a happy ending anymore
0: nope it's just gonna keep going and the witches are just gonna keep stirring the pot it's really interesting let's let's talk about ross let's do a few segments so ross who is customarily just a scottish guy right he just he goes to lady Macduff and says don't worry everything's gonna be fine and then he leaves and then he, he arrives at um uh, the meeting with Macduff and Malcolm and reports that the family is dead after lying about it.
1: So, kind of yeah. prelude this with Ross is an absolute dish. In, <laughs> in this. this, yeah. Usually, <laughs> um, he's like an old man. Yeah. In this, he's the most attractive person in this film. Oh, wow. Like,
0: stiff competition there.
1: Stiff competition. He kind of does look a bit like <laughs> Matt, so yeah.
0: that's like
1: a little bit. I've got a bit of a. <laughs>
0: Bit of bias there.
1: But he's, apparently, I I, I looked into this, and he was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. They made him into this kind of attractive Mm. corner. They said villain. I didn't actually see him as a villain. I did. It's
0: interesting. But we'll we'll come to that one briefing. How does Ross in the play traditionally know that Macduff's family have all been killed? Because he leaves just beforehand.
1: No idea. That's strange, isn't it? In and, this. Well, in this, because the way that I yeah. saw him in this was that he's this kind of all-seeing guy because he's like everywhere in this film. He's with yeah. Macbeth, he's with Macduff, he's with Malcolm, he's, he's yeah with all sorts of people. Well, all here's sorts of why
0: I would characterize him as a villain. I think what he's meant to be is kind of just another Macbeth, really. You know, there's a scene where he really sinisterly opens. Op- Uh, early on at a party, the party in which the dialogue, you know, we shall proceed no further with this business, he sort of says, Hail Fane of Cordor," And he's got like a sinister air to him. And then here are the things we see Ross do. Ross is the third murderer.
1: Yes, what the hell?
0: Indeed, a very interesting twist. Ross goes and murders um, Banquo and tries to get fleance. And it's actually the one who nearly gets fleance before um, Banquo shoots his horse with a bow.
1: Yeah, well, he doesn't actually kill Banquo. That one of the other oh, guys is, yeah. puts a knife on in Banquo's Yeah,
0: Yeah, one of, whilst back. he's distracted uh, shooting the horse, Banquo, um, Ross's horse, Banquo gets killed by some yeah, guy behind him. Yeah, but Ross
1: him. kind of, like, mm. yeah, interferes with Fleance, but doesn't actually yeah. get Fleance.
0: But he was there to, to party. He was there to take part. Next, and this is very odd, he takes part in, like, shoving the two murderers into a pit of some sort's. Like take you know cleaning up loose ends now we've got to kill the murderers
1: yeah so they murder the murderers they Interviews murder the murderers of, well it's like um maybe a it's dungeon? like a pit that has water in it so it's yeah like a, at they're some gonna... point they're going to drown but they're going to stay there for, probably oh, die man. of hunger before they actually drown Ye- or
0: exposure or, yeah or lose energy you know and can't keep themselves above water anymore that is grim yep. then the next villainous thing that we see Ross do is he leaves the gate open as he leaves the Macduff Manor he leaves the door open for the murderers and leaves passing the murderers so he knows what's going on yeah so but macbeth goes over him because now that he's king of scotland there's a vacancy for fane of Cordor, right i think that's it or it might be a vacancy for Macduff's role anyway there's a vacancy there's all
1: sorts of vacancies
0: yeah <laughs> we've got a lot of room at the top right now and it's just open for a guy like you except he doesn't give it to him he gives it to um oh uh, seaton instead And that pisses off Ross, and that's when he turncoats and goes and tells everyone about the the weaknesses of Macbeth and joins their forces. So he's an opportunist, I think.
1: That's what exactly what I was going to say. Ross in this is like the guy who will be everyone's best friend when you've got the power. Mm. Or when it suits him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I really, I I liked it. It's, It's cool to see a Ross who's a villain and a traitor. I kept wondering how he's going to interact with the plot next.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was he was always he was there a lot more than mm. you, he usually is, which was great seeing him as such dish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few other notes on the fact that this is Shakespeare. Soliloquies are here, mostly voiceover. Uh, yes, like and we get, Wells, a, we get a
1: Banquo voiceover. Yes. I was from... like, Oh hey Banquo
0: <laughs> Is this just after the murder where it's like I fear you paid you paid most fiercely for it or something?
1: Yeah, so Macbeth is like being crowned yeah. and you yeah. get this Banquo voiceover which i'm sure we haven't had before
0: no it's in the play but it's usually provided in soliloquy it's an aside mm. i remember yeah. it from the 1954 hallmark yeah um uh the party scene is pretty cool and it it sees the character's very relaxed there's a young boy who comes and sings a song
1: Oh
0: which is um, really cool. It's like, it just adds a bit more depth to this world. Yeah. And as Macbeth and Lady Macbeth have their conversation about we really shouldn't do this, they mo- rejoin the party. Macbeth's trying to get away from Lady Macbeth. And there's an added element of, Jesus Christ, stop talking about this in here. But she's yeah, like... Yeah,
1: I was like, mm. how is nobody over here? Anyway?
0: <laughs> it's a good thing they're talking Shakespeare and nobody understands it. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> talking Shakespeare like it's a language. <laughs>
0: um good banquo from martin shaw uh martin shaw was due to play Macbeth, but uh they decided to go for someone younger and more handsome which they're on record as saying Aww. which is a bit of a dick uh, a dick move for martin shaw it does
1: have eyes that are like really far
0: apart oh mm.
1: <laughs> they look quite similar actually Macbeth yeah. and banquo they're very yeah. like this whole there's like this style mm. yeah like, well, you know... yeah
0: The big thing that got me about um, John Finch, who's playing Macbeth, is I kept looking at him and thinking, God, you look like a young John Hurt. You really do look like a young John Hurt. And then it turns out he was in Alien, in the John Hurt role, but he suffered a heart attack, dropped out, and John Hurt was recast as... In the John Finch role. Wow, that's crazy. So I guess they're just like, who looks like this guy?
1: (laughs) And then he became John Hurt. I mean, he already was John Hurt.
0: John Finch could have been John Hurt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He could have been Ollivander.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Shit.
1: Oh, I miss John Hurt.
0: Oh, I miss John Hurt so much. Um, The ghost dagger is a bit silly.
1: Oh, my God, it's so silly. I read that. It's a big,
0: shiny invisible dagger
1: we talked about this last time we did it's like if you're gonna do the here's the dagger i see before me just do it like without anything yeah or do it with a real dagger
0: yeah or looking into some sort of pool or fire or something but don't
1: do it with a shiny (laughs) imaginary dagger because it looks so silly and and the same thing happened when she said when she was like that out down out damn spot yeah thing they had like shiny fake blood Yeah, that looks silly.
0: (laughs) It's a bit silly. It's better to leave that sort of thing into the minds of the... Or just make it creepy somehow. This was a big shiny (laughs) Excalibur-style dagger. And it just... It was a bit camp. Oh, I love the fact though he looks at it. And I've noticed this before, but it really struck me this time. He gets out his own dagger and it's like, such an instrument I was to use. And it's just like, oh my god, a dagger! Such a coincidence! I was just about to use one of those. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds?
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean there are daggers everywhere in this bloody movie
0: here's how we deal with the killing of the guards macbeth sees the guards and he draws his sword cut away and we know because we've read uh, macbeth a whole bunch of times that he has killed both guards um but macbeth enters the scene and starts talking about something else he comes in and it's like it's so terrible the king's dead and lennox comes in having seen him do this with the look on his face of just are we gonna talk about that (laughs) You just killed those guys and later on we see it. He killed them bad. He 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 took his time with that. There's like a Lennox is like I am not head. messing
1: with this guy. <laughs> Lennox just looking like Jesus Macbeth. Like you could have just hung them or something.
0: <laughs> you could have like stabbed them once, Toshio Mifune style.
1: Yeah. That was a good style.
0: Extra ghosts. Yes. Oh one of the um do I no. mention this under Macbeth? No, it's just you mentioned Toshio Mifune. Well, we mentioned Toshio Mifune. Um, Macbeth's "oh shit" face is not quite as amusing as Mifune's, but it he does is there. have it. Is there. It is yeah.
1: there? When you said of quarters announced," you do get a "no oh, shit"
0: face. <laughs> I love that face. I am going to keep an eye on that. That can become a segment too. Is the "oh shit" face when <laughs> the first part of the prophecy comes true? Um, all right, extra ghosts. Yes,
1: yeah, we have extra ghosts. Yes. We had
0: extra ghosts, but first of all, Banquo's ghost. Jesus Christ. That scared the shit out of me.
1: (laughs) He's like covered. The blood is like dripping. Yeah, Macbeth
0: looks at him three times and each time it's a different effect. The first time he's ghostly pale with a slit throat. Then he looks again and he's covered in blood. And then the third time he's like naked with a bird and he's like flying towards Macbeth from a low angle and it was really, really frightening. And the music's creepy and... Tom Smith has done the makeup here and it is just... Tom Smith's makeup is horrifying. The bloody sergeant at the very beginning. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, What we won bloody the man
1: is that? And he's literally covered <laughs> <Yeah>. in blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so grisly. Yeah, Tom Smith <laughs> is commonly attributed as being like the early guy for like practical makeup effects before Tom Savini. So you can see it. You can see it in this. Okay, so yes, yeah, second prophecy. It's quite creepy. He looks into the waters and I think does, does Banquo appear to tell him most of the stuff.
1: I thought it was himself not my Oh mother. yeah I
0: think it is yeah.
1: Yeah and then he and then he gets the prophecies and he gets this horrific scene of Miz. a woman's stomach being cut oh, open. Yeah
0: that's horrible. And a yeah. baby
1: like being obviously a C-section.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is gross gross as hell um but also it also kind of gives away what he mean what it means by the prophecy and then later on when he's like haha were you not of a woman born he thinks back to like yeah oh a c-section i thought that was just you meant now i thought that
0: was just gross witch stuff
1: (laughs) and then we have yeah more extra ghosts and they are hella more creepy than even the Mm. witches you have the i don't remember what's the middle ghost so there's the baby and then there's is, is it there a, a kid?
0: There's usually in the play there is a kid holding a tree. There's a kid he's... and I
1: think that and then there's the 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 knight in armor. Yeah. Who falls out and then the two like young boys at the end. Yeah who are like holding hands and like mm. running through the woods. That was creepy.
0: Yeah. Well, the most extraordinary part of the sequence is the mirror business where he asks, because in the play, I think a succession of people come out and they're all meant to be Banquo's descendants. In this, we see a king and the king gestures over to a mirror and we go over to the mirror and there's another king behind it and the mirror breaks and then it keeps happening over and over again until finally Macbeth draws his sword and like smashes the whole vision and the vision smashes And we're left in just an empty room now, an empty basement with all the witch stuff just lying dormant. That was was good stuff. Ross's poker face we didn't mention there. Not shown, um, but you hear him lying. How does my wife? Why, well, and all my children. Well, too. The tyrant has not battered
1: at their peace. No, they were well at peace when I did leave them.
0: And it's it's natural because he's a bit of a bastard in this one, so...
1: Yeah, he kind of... um, He doesn't really fuck about, does he? Yeah. He just kind of says it. Yeah. because i got he some news for you. <laughs> I don't want to talk dead. about
0: this. I want to talk more about, you know, what we're doing about Macbeth. So how's my family? Well, they're well. I, don- I don't need to tell you this yet, unless you insist. Oh, you are? Okay, yeah, they're dead.
1: And, um, and Macduff is like really bothered in this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like on the floor crying. Oh, man. Like... I l-
0: and there was a great line in there where he's something like, "Um, you should take this like a man. And he said, I will, but first I'll feel it like a man. It's like, Ooh. yeah, fuck yeah, take that. Yeah, Macduff, you're the modern health. man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Porter speech.
1: It's pretty good. I
0: liked him. I liked how everyone was annoyed by him.
1: I like how he took a piss halfway through his speech. <laughs>
0: Yay! <Yeah, hey. laughs> I feel like Shakespeare would approve of that. <laughs> he was. A He's like, boy. I'm
1: coming. Let me just take a piss.
0: <laughs> I've been drinking all night in the name of Beazlebub.
1: Knock, knock. Who's there? in the other devil's name Um, but I
0: liked how no one was ready to put up with his shit they're like walking away from him and he's like and another thing it invokes uh, hey hey
1: hey this is like the only line I get right I want to talk about my dick
0: (laughs) (laughs) um right never has this segment been more important trammel up the consequence
1: did they show the murder? yes they did yeah they did this is the (laughs) first murder we get
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe Macbeth a little bit with the drowning.
1: Ah, uh, yes, actually, but yeah. But, it's hard but to see. But this one, there's a lot more murder. <sighs> oh, so fuck you yeah. you Macbeth going in, Macbeth yep. kind of undressing Duncan oh, a little bit. Oh, it's so
0: intimate, isn't it? He, like, exposes Ooh. his chest.
1: And then he kind of puts the dagger to him, and then he takes yeah. it away, and then Duncan wakes up.
0: Yep, jo- Duncan's and awake. then
1: Macbeth stabs him. It's almost like if Duncan hadn't woken up, would he have done it?
0: might have lost the nerve yeah it kind of had to be a a sudden sporadic moment um and
1: i knew beforehand that we Mm. were gonna get the death scene yeah partly because this is a very violent Mm. telling well a violent-ish telling Mm. um but also because i'd read it i knew yeah um and that made me so tense yeah (laughs) like when you know you're gonna see the murder yeah. Oh, and I it's... was just so tense. I was like how are they going to do it? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> Obviously, I know what's going to happen. It's Macbeth, but it's like I felt so terrible both for Duncan and for Macbeth. Yeah. I think it's good, I think, because the violence of
0: this shouldn't be palatable. I made a comment after the last week's episode, which is that this is the Macbeth you could watch and then go out for dinner afterwards. Maybe that's not appropriate because this is about a man committing murder to advance himself. And maybe it's a good thing that that murder is horrible and just a bad thing that shouldn't be done. And it was only during this scene that I suddenly realized, to my astonishment, that we were shown this in in secondary school as part of English Lit. I remembered the scene and I was like, I remember the class reacting to this when he gets him in the throat at the end.
1: I think this is like an R rated movie as well. Yeah. What
0: the fuck? English teacher.
1: You had the worst school, you know, I know. That, right?
0: <laughs> she was cooler. She was a cool teacher. I think.
1: Yeah, I liked my English teacher
0: too. It, there was someone who put on Twitter, so wait, did everybody here have their lives changed by a good English teacher? Yeah, <laughs> it's totally true. that's totally true. My happens. English teacher was
1: great. Hi, Miss Atwood. <laughs> Hi.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, let's go on to What Bloody Man Is That and talk about John Finch as Macbeth. Oh, Dad, a brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player. Struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing.
1: So like you said, this is a very young couple. Yeah. Like, the youngest we've had. Yeah. The most attractive we've had. Yes. Um, He, like, at first, I was not at all bothered about with Beth. Okay. I thought he was pretty standard. Oh. He was quite quiet at the beginning, which is good, because you kind yeah. of see In the turn-wise. progression. Mm. And then as he starts to lose his mind,
0: mm.
1: he gets really good. So, like, yeah. when he... When the crown starts to get to his head, which is around, <laughs> like... Well, he becomes king, and then after... Mm. Kind of after the, the Banquo murder, mm. um, he gets pretty insane and i think he did a really good job of this kind of ambition crazed um driven guy he doesn't really care about lady Macbeth going crazy he just says like cure her of that like it's really it's off the cuff it's a throwaway thing Mm. yeah so you do see the the progression and i think that Mm. was really good
0: yeah there's a there's a meanness that kicks in like almost straight away with the witches there's like in the play, Banquo is a, is always the one who's a bit like, um, "What's this all about?" And Macbeth is just like, "Who the fuck are these chicks?" You know, kind of like meaner to them. <laughs> yeah. But in this, there's such a sense of that John Finch could have played like a Maverick cop in a seventies violent TV show. Yeah, you he's know? like
1: at the beginning, he's really quiet and reserved, and then as yeah. soon as the witches come, he's like, "What are you bitches talking about?" Like, yeah, <laughs> leave me alone.
0: Yeah, but he does have this great. Inner turmoil. There's something, yeah, very engaging about him. He's a quiet and internalized performance that, like you say, does get more commanding. It doesn't go as fully mad, you know, there's no laughing like a lunatic Tosha Miffinay kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's subdued. It's a subdued performance that I felt made full use of the cinematic form of acting. Yes, of, um... and there's mm. the
1: scene right near the end where he's mm-hmm. eating a bit of meat. Yeah, he's eating like a chicken leg. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of like you would imagine Henry the Eighth eating a chicken leg, <laughs> right? He, he is full on horrible at this point. <laughs> like right yeah. by the end, he is disgusting. He's eating this meat. He's ordering people mm. about. He's calling people names. Yeah. He doesn't care about Lady Macbeth anymore. Mm. He is king, and that is, yeah. you know, his right. And he is like full on horrible guy now. And mm. I thought that performance, him playing the horrible guy,
0: yeah, was was
1: really great. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. He's a pretty good Macbeth. Okay, uh, The Serpent Under It. Let's rate that Lady Macbeth. We have Francesca Annis.
1: I'll drug their possets. When it's whinish sleep, their drenched natures nature's as in her death. What cannot you and I perform upon the unguarded Duncan? So, a... this Lady Macbeth was mm. kind of supposed to be like the femme fatale playboy... Yeah. Lady Macbeth. <laughs> that I, was her
0: reputation. I, I didn't.
1: I didn't get that from her. No, I don't
0: think so. She's no. very fragile. Yes, there's she a was... s- seductiveness there, but it's more intimate. It's not sexual, really. It's um. No, frailer she... than that.
1: I didn't really believe her as a snake. Ooh. She was. She's so bloody beautiful, <laughs> and like conventionally beautiful that i Mm. didn't get it like it was she's so if you were going to draw like this kind of almost playboy Mm. um beautiful woman you would draw her she is blonde she is busty Mm. she is curvy but (laughs) she's also skinny and her face is like perfection she almost Mm. looks a bit like margot robbie Mm. that kind of like really stunning kind of Mm. actress and, and yet with that... a
0: Celtic feel to her big ginger hair as well. Yeah,
1: that kind of strawberry mm. blonde.
0: Little mousy. Yeah.
1: And that's why I didn't believe her as this kind of devious Lady mm. MacBeth. Which, okay. Lady MacBeth is supposed to be devious. Yeah. But she's like weepy, she's, she's just sort of crying. And, yeah. that, and that kind of way where, I get it, yeah, you're trying to like, kind of persuade him of something. That he'll do something like, because you're mm. upset. Like, yeah, it's a total like girls do that they're like I'll oh, just cry and then he'll just do the washing <laughs> up like
0: <laughs> you'll kill the king
1: you'll <laughs> just kill the king um, <laughs> oh my god but for me it just didn't work like there that's was something about that that I was just did not believe mm. her as Lady Macbeth I want Lady Macbeth to be a total bitch
0: yeah so that's... the way that
1: she played it is didn't work for me because that's not how I want it to be played but yeah. not to say that she wasn't a good actress yeah, Yeah, she's good good actress. The way that she was playing it was a totally valid way of playing it, it's just not mm. for me.
0: That's interesting. Lady Macbeth is such a difficult role because you have to get those I mean, we identified early on that there are two main scenes for Lady Macbeth. There's the go kill this guy for me, and there's crazy sleepwalking Lady Macbeth. There's Those are the two polar aspects of her character. And you're right, in this one she lent better, much easier towards the later madness because she was a more fragile figure, and she just... She she befit woe very well, I thought.
1: You would have thought the old man to have so much blood in him. What will these hands near be clean? All the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little
0: hand. There's a moment near the end which really surprised me, where she goes back to the letter that Mabeth sent right at the beginning of the film and reads it again. And that was so sad. It was like, is this her... Remembering how she felt when she read that letter, and maybe the joy that she felt yeah. early on, or is it her returning to like this initial thing that drove her on the path to all of this madness?
1: Yes, yeah, she's so much better as the mm. later Lady Macbeth, who's 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 kind of mad and yeah, who has these visions and is sleepwalking. Mm. She's almost a ghostly figure. She's so pale mm. with her hair down, and that kind okay. of naked scene, yeah. which wasn't gratuitous nakedness, it was mm. her being. That's like vulnerable. kind of stripped of her queen yeah. things that made her queen, yeah, she's no longer got her crown and she's no longer got anything on she's mm. just a woman,
0: yeah,
1: um, so that yeah, she did work like that, mm. but the kind of previous more devious yeah. stadium do about they were they were very like at the beginning they had this great like oh, we're a young couple in love, yeah she like jumps into his arms yes that was was good but you but then, really felt
0: the bond between them,
1: yeah, but then yeah when she started deliver delivering the lines of, Oh, maybe we should kill Duncan. I didn't believe them because of the fact Mm. that we just had that scene where they jump into each other's arms and they're in love. (laughs) And that's why it didn't work. There was no
0: edge. There there wasn't enough of an edge to her. I mean, in her intro scene, it's so idealistic. The sun is just over the castle wall. There are ducks and animals all around her that, you know, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult role to play. Um,
1: I mean, she and she wasn't the first choice as well. She wasn't even the second choice. Well, a lot of people courage.
0: turned the production down because they didn't want to do that nude scene.
1: Mm. I, and then you have the death scene.
0: Yes, which is gruesome. Um, gruesome as hell. We see the aftermath. We see her body, which is all twisted and bent. Yeah, after twisted and this bent. This one and jumped to her death.
1: Yes, she jumped mm. off the top of mm. the castle or something. We don't see yeah, the yeah. actual jump, do we? We just see mm. the body. Yeah. Um, and then... Also, there's a scene where Macduff, like, comes across the body and lifts up the blanket and looks at it. Yes. And his face is kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that was grim. Because there was also just before that a bit where the, the body was covered and people were just running around, not paying attention, like, busy with their own stuff. And that was also depressing, the idea that, you know, this character is under there. Because... I often I continue to feel so robbed of Lady Macbeth's presence as the movie goes, as all of these movies go on. She, we, we actually, I actually looked at the play. She is absent from the point when Macbeth says, "I'm going to go get another uh, prophecy," to the point where she's sleepwalking.
1: Yeah, I know. There's there mm. needs almost like if we were making this film, mm. <laughs> there, almost, <laughs> there needs to be like another scene in uh, that yeah. part where she goes where there's like a almost like a soliloquy where she kind of drives yeah. herself to madness. Oh. And the the thing in the throne of blood mm. is that we have that extra part of the story where yes, she has child. a yeah stillborn child. Mm. And that is why she's driven to madness. And that makes sense.
0: Yes. And in Joe this... Macbeth as well, um, that she witnesses accidentally the death of Banquo. Yeah. Um,
1: no, the death of uh, Macduff's wife and the kid.
0: That's right. Who and in that one, Macduff is also the son is um yeah Banquo's yeah. yeah Banquo's uh oh, daughter-in-law yeah da- uh, yeah it's Banquo's daughter-in-law and um young baby son uh grandson um and that drives her to insanity which is great that which is great <laughs> um, which is it's really so help- great I love it's it. so good I love that it's um a good justification for her matters it's a good inciting incident yes um okay Oh oh yes the line of dialogue I alluded to earlier that gets changed is that when she says when she comes out and her hands are bloodied, in the play she says, "I sh- uh, my hands are the same colour as yours, but I shame to wear a heart so white." In this one, they change it to scorn.
1: Ooh. I scorn
0: to wear a heart so white. So we're back to the idea that this is a judgmental comment. It's mm-hmm. not. Oh, I'm so ashamed of how afraid I am that I touched that. You know those that blood. It's look. My hands are as red as yours, but I'm not as scared as you are, and that reflects badly on you.
1: Yeah, we had a lot of hand washing in this one as well, which Mm. I like. You know, I love a bit of a hand wash. And then this (laughs) one they go outside because it's that medieval feel where there's like a bucket in a well.
0: Yeah, So they have to go to
1: the well to like wash their Mm. hands. And that's where we get that line.
0: Mm. Yeah, and there's a good sense of overlapping events in this. They, they, They push events together to make it more dynamic. And the guests arriving at the door is happening simultaneous to the last few bits of preparation and cleaning their hands, which made it feel more urgent.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot mm. of tense oh, tense yeah. moments.
0: Speaking of which, weirdest the sister? How do we find those witches? When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain. When the hurly burly's done, when the battle's lost and
1: won. I thought the ghosts were creepier than the witches. Yeah. Um and they they had a again they had a young witch. I don't know. There's mm. one, one young witch. But yeah. We did have the scene. Where in the second prophecy there's mm. like a gajillion naked yeah. witches.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of old witches, and it's like it was sinister. It was um, it was just this idea of this sort of coven. Of, a co- uh, that's what I yeah
1: kind of thought. <laughs> it's a coven. It's mm. like, but why did, did I mean? Did they have to be naked?
0: That that's just to make them sinister, I guess. It's, yeah, but and... I
1: don't find nakedness that sinister. I know, I mean... <laughs> but
0: it's it, Midsummer did it recently. Remember when um, what's his name is led through to where he's that... got to have sex with a girl and all that of is the true. older. That
1: was pretty sinister.
0: Yeah, some people do just use old naked women as a scary thing, and that reflects badly on society and on the people who do it. But I think that is what they're going for.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I again, it wasn't gratuitous. It was just yeah. like. Is it really necessary that we have all this naked ladies? And yeah, they were a bit creepy, but they weren't like... I was more horrified by the ghosts. Do
0: you know what? It's Lars um, it's von Trier. It's his thing. It's um, By having them naked, they are closer to nature, and nature is scary, and women generally are perceived as being closer to nature than men, because they are less civilised. So it yeah, is misogyny. So
1: in- I'm naked right now. I don't <laughs> yeah.
0: know. Well, the problem is you just don't have control over your body. Your sexuality is like... Well, because of periods.
1: Wolf. Is this all about periods? It
0: might be because of periods. Look, oh. we're all we're all very afraid.
1: <laughs> you should be afraid. It's the thing. You shouldn't I think... trust anything that breathes for four days and doesn't <laughs> die. I
0: think a lot of the time for Victorian folk and people who have kind of quasi Victorian beliefs persisting with them, it's just the fear that women might choose who the, the the men that they want to have sex with. That scares a lot of men.
1: It should <laughs> it should scare you. <laughs> yeah.
0: You are all going after the Rosses, but we need you to be going for the Banquos.
1: <laughs> hey, Banquo has a kid and Ross doesn't, so...
0: Hey! Hey! He, he, he got laid. <laughs> we never see Banquos.
1: Oh, wait, no, some
0: something alluded to Banquo's wife. Didn't one of the ones that we watched recently suggest that she killed herself?
1: That was Duncan's wife.
0: You're right. Yeah, I don't know about Banco's wife. She's just
1: like a non-entity. I mean, maybe she died in childbirth or something. I don't know. Maybe,
0: yeah. Uh, They will do that. (laughs) the old old old-timey ladies, medieval Um, ladies. (laughs) There was one spooky witch. One of the witches was much older than the others and was blind and had like skin over her eyes. She was she was quite spooky. She um, was yeah. The blindness
1: (laughs) was spooky (laughs) Mm. because she kind of knew what to do, even though she was like the leader, even though she she had other sight. It was like um, actually a bit like, you know, the dancey one with the witch. Oh, Suspiria. Suspiria. So isn't yeah. she blind in that? The, I like, think so. The witch. Yeah, it's like Suspiria. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, he needs not our mistrust. We've addressed it's Ross. So, coming to the end, when all of this is finished, when we finish this podcast, um, and we're deciding on our, va- our various favourites, like favourite Macbeth, favourite Lady Macbeth, etc., I think there's going to be two big prizes to hand out. And that's going to be the best filmed production of the play. So they filmed the production. And and that's your Hallmarks, it's your Royal Shakespeare Companies and such. And the best film adaptation of the play. And that's going to be your Joe Macbeths, your Throne of Blood and such. Now at the moment, the latter, I think, is a three-horse race between Orson Welles Macbeth, Throne of Blood, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. Do you have a yes. strong instinct of... The front runner um, at the, at the moment? moment
1: for me, it is still is Throne of Blood. Mm. I just think that there's something about Kurosawa that is just, I mean, he's a cinematic genius,
0: god, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: and it's gonna be so hard for someone to top,
0: yeah, Kurosawa.
1: And it's a bit of a shame that we've kind of already seen <laughs> that film. Um, but that is, it's like you said, it's an adaptation, yeah, it's and... an interpretation. And this was this was an interpretation yeah. and they changed things to make the storyline slightly different. Yeah. They changed things to make it slightly more cinematic. Yeah. And I thought, it, it, yeah, like you said, it, it definitely is in the running, mm. but I think, yeah, for me, Throne of Blood. What about yeah. you?
0: Well, I think that's, that, that is fair because there is something to be said in terms of adapting the film to the screen, throwing out the language. Because that does make it force it to be its own thing and to be its own entity, which is quite good. I think maybe it's Wells. I'd, I'd like to revisit Wells because I remember the production being gorgeous and I remember liking the performances a lot. Um, but this is a strong contender in terms of just a really it's like a Peter Jackson adaptation of Big you know, <laughs> but with added violence. It's like if yeah. you want a big budget, high production value, you know, glossy, attractive looking, just telling of this story, then yeah, this is a this is a one to go for if you can stomach the violence.
1: <laughs> also, you know, don't show this to your kids. Part, yeah, <laughs> partly because of the violence, but also partly because it's not if you you've got the wrong ending. Yeah. So if yeah, you're trying if... to teach someone Shakespeare, this is not the correct ending. I mean it's that... not when I say correct, mm. I don't mean it like that. You can yeah. adapt people's writing I'm not like a purist. Well, yeah. I am a bit of a purist, but <laughs> if you're trying to teach someone the actual story mm. of Macbeth, you can't <laughs> use this one because it's got yeah. a different ending. So,
0: Yeah. But in terms of the filmed production of the play, we have got a strong contender next week because oh next my God, week I'm so we have got the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of Macbeth directed by Trevor Nunn. It's 1979, I think. Starring Ian McKellen and Judi Dench. And everything I have read suggests that this is going to be the beat, the, the one to beat.
1: Ian McKellen touched me once on the shoulder. <laughs> and it was the greatest moment of my entire life.
0: <laughs> I have not cleaned the shoulder since.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so dirty. No, yeah. Um, I'm really excited for that.
0: Let's finish off with A Charmed Life. It's Katie Shakespeare fact.
1: Yay, Katie Shakespeare fact. Um, <laughs> did you know, Paul, cool. That Ooh. Shakespeare created over 1,700 words, mm. including the following. Ooh. Luggage. Wow. <laughs> hurried.
0: Fantastic. Gossip. Uh-huh. Rant. Mm.
1: Buzzer. <laughs> blanket. Yeah. And bedroom.
0: Amazing. So and there's I love some the way... words
1: that Shakespeare created for your usage.
0: <laughs> I love the way that he'll have invented those, just in a sort of Joss whedon adding an E or something to the end of a word that already exes- exists. Yeah. Just like, oh yeah, the the uh, the room where the bed is, the bedroom.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just support my tone. <laughs> so.
0: And yeah, and with blanket, it'll have been just some word that refers to a flat thing. and It would be blanketed, you know, in the same way you might say duvade. <laughs> He sat duveted on the sofa, and then that becomes the word. It's It just really speaks towards the um, invention.
1: Yeah, he's just a full-on <laughs> genius. I mean, yeah. he is, isn't he? <laughs> Until then, Katie, how can people find out about your work? Okay, people can find out about my work on my blog, which is com. That's Katie with a Y, by the way. Well, hey. They can follow me on Twitter, at katiewritesabout, and they can listen to my other podcast, have You Ever Heard Of, which is a history podcast and it comes out every single Monday.
0: Every single one. I haven't missed one yet.
1: What about you, Paul?
0: Well, if you want to hear about my stuff, then all you got to do is stay here on Screen Mayhem, where you can read some of my reviews and articles. Um, And I also appear on some podcasts here and there. And you can go head over to OTT Pod on all of the good ways of searching for that in order to hear One Good Thing, the podcast I do with Monsieur Paul Goodman. But until then... And until next time, away! And mock the time where fairest show, False Face Must Hide, What the False Heart Doth Know.
1: Bye!
0: Bye!